Hi, welcome to Gender Nebulous Season 2, Episode 7. We have the wonderful Kate Anderson. And Kate is a graphic artist and she's a phoner in and of talk TV shows on LBC and making a nuisance of herself there usually. And what else do you do, Kate? Uh, so um, I am a musician, which oh, is, yeah, yeah. I've spent that. a lot of my youth playing in bands and stuff. So right, cool. at the moment, putting that to good use, um, putting together an album for charity. Yeah, I've heard, you told me about this. So what kind of uh, music is it? Is there any particular kind of music? No, you... it's anybody who's trans or an ally can get involved to do right. collaborations. We mm. do... Although I, I I don't want to reveal anybody who's going to be on it, but I did get like quite a big artist to contribute uh-huh. a track this morning. That's That's and cool. also we have somebody um, who's a musician from a, a quite a, a famous singer who's also going to contribute some stuff. Is it Sam Smith? <laughs> no. And it's just a case of people... Um, Anybody trans can, his musician or whatever, can join in. And we're going to try and do some collabs and then record some tunes and then release it for charity. So is this, going, is this going to be like on a little, you're going to try and sell a little CD or something? Or is it? Oh, uh, we're going to put it on, on Bandcamp. Okay, right. To buy listen, digitally. Listen to Vicky CD. Yeah, Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm still in the 80s. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah we must have vinyl, but. Well, I use Bandcamp. I've got a few things on there. And I, the last thing I did was a remix of a parliamentary select committee meeting. <laughs> Believe it or not. I don't know. Did I send you that? It was after. Yeah, you it did. Was, I uh, heard it. It was a good Adam going, But most of your uh, stuff's on Sound, SoundCloud, isn't it? Really? It's on SoundCloud as well. I, I yeah. mainly put it on SoundCloud. It's just easier to share it from there. But um, yeah, so that sounds great. And it's okay. I think I think first of all, I must just congratulate on you. You the way you owned um, Andrew Castle uh, in that interview when you did the phone in a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, thought that was that brilliant. Was, uh... Well done. And uh, and you know, obviously, I'm I'm not particularly that nervous about talking to people who are well known or anything else like that. So mm. you know, uh, I can think quick quick on my feet and things like that. And um, I think it was the casualness of it. Uh, uh, you, yeah, because because sometimes when I've been in those situations, I can get quite heated and flustered because the day presenter is sometimes not really listening to you. But you were just kind of like, yeah, whatever, yeah, what about this? Like, you know. and it was just like... I, can't, I can't remember the the full topic of the conversation now, but it was something about I think what you said was, uh, you know, w- women aren't born, you know, <laughs> you're yeah, not born he with was breasts. Saying, yeah, no, he, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he, he. I think the thing that I said was, uh, you know. Um, they're not born women. People are born babies, which is what I said. Yeah. What's your opinion on, you know, going on these kind of right wing shows like, you know, GB News and those kind of things? I mean, we we have, Frida and I have discussed this with other guests, mm. you know, like what do we think about trans people going on those shows? Is it is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, there's a, there's a kind of a split opinion around. Some people think it's good, some don't. I just wonder what you thought, really. Jess was saying, no, Jess from the Trans Safety Network was saying she doesn't agree. I agree with her as well, where she said, no, it doesn't benefit us because really they're just making a show of you kind of thing. Whereas Peter Tatchell was like, no, you've got to get in that space, disrupt that conversation. Yeah, well, Peter Tatchell and uh, Robin White both said you've got to get in there and disrupt it because mm-hmm. they, they both go on those shows and, you know, they're, they're like the lone voice who, who's who's talking sense. So, you know, you disrupt what's going on and if nobody was there, you know, I you mean, wouldn't it, hear that voice. So th- what, what do you I think? I think, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the, um, it's a bit of both, really, I yeah. suppose. It depends how the conversation is set up, who the conversation is with, who mm. you're being pitted against, because mm. yeah. let's face it, GB News is just, you know, a yeah. gladiatorial, mm. um, it's like a, for, well, the, for the modern era, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah it's damn. Dan Wooten. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, so let's not say too much about him. Yeah, yeah. oh, please. Um, <laughs> so I would be wary um, about doing it, but I understand why people want to it, and I think good for them. Mm. Um, but as somebody, from for myself as somebody who's not particularly uh, 
you know, well-known or anything, I would worry about how it would affect my outside life. Yeah, well, that's what happened to me, really. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was going to say, like, like when I have been on, I've had I've had successes and failures. Like I think one of the best ones was when I was on Dan Wooten actually, because they had Lisa Townsend on the police commissioner commissioner for Surrey, I think she was. Yeah. And she just didn't know what the hell she was talking about. Of course not. Just... She's been radicalized with nonsense in um yeah. in echo chambers. None of it yeah. stands up to scrutiny. So yeah, that kind of worked in my favor. And I thought actually Dan Wooten, I was actually worried about it was quite fair to be honest, because he said you know, he gave me the floor to say what I want. He didn't interrupt me. Mm. And, and, and it, you know, that's all you need, really, isn't it? But the 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 other problem is, like, sometimes I, I worry about going on something with somebody who I've had a ding-dong with on Twitter. Yes. Because, like, say if I was to go on something and they said, oh, it's May 4th data, I think I'd have to start by saying, first of all, can I just say sorry for things I might have said on Twitter? <laughs> because I want to have a serious conversation with you. And and I would have to start it like that because she could turn around within that conversation and go, well, Frieda actually said to me, you're a silly cow. Like, it would be worse than that. But that's just one example. Do you know what I mean? So she would have the power if I didn't go in there and say, look, first of all, can I just address something? If I went on, and I didn't mention that she would have the power in that conversation. I think if you're going to go on these shows, you've got, you got to make sure that you know, you, you know, you, you, the points you want to make and make sure that you make those points. Don't get knocked off you know off off track of what you're trying to say because there will but, uh, I was gonna be say constant to interruptions Kate... and you you know you need to yeah. make your points and keep making your yeah. points. I think that's what Peter Tatchell does when he goes on. Mm. Yeah so he always stays very calm, yeah. keeps re repeating the points, makes his point and then that's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah. because he was on um LBC the other day actually when I was listening talking to somebody about the headline about the I don't know, transing kids or whatever it said in yeah. the newspaper. And oh, was that about Tavistock? Yeah, so he was just pointing out factually what was correct in yeah. the article and what wasn't correct. Mm -hmm. mm. So I yeah. think if you're going to go on, you, you need to adopt that kind of style. Well, I, yes. like, like I said, uh, I, I spoke to you about this before, Kate, about I'm, I'm ringing you up and saying, do you want to go up? Because I do get quite a few offers, but I'm trying to get more mm -hmm. into, I'm trying to get away from GP News, to be honest, because I feel as though I've had those conversations too many times. I feel like there's only so many times I can keep saying the same, same shit because it, it doesn't move the conversation on. And if I keep go, if I keep leaning into it and letting them do that, so the only way I could do it is to look, I'll, I'll come on, but you have to talk about the actual issue. You, yes. know, you have to talk about it factually, but they never want to do that. So I've been trying to get um, contact. I, I just look at media contacts pages mm -hmm. constantly and I just find that one producer, you could, I could email like 25 producers a day, but one yeah. of them might reply. And that's just how I work. It's like fishing. If you throw enough if you've got a big enough net out, you might catch some. <laughs> it depends on the style yeah. of the show and what they're looking for, though, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. it's really difficult, for instance, for somebody who's not a well-known commentator or whatever to get yeah. anywhere near the breakfast television shows at all. Yeah. They just well, won't well, well, entertain well, it. So. One, of, one of the worst ones I did, I think it wasn't a really good performance on my part, was Julia Hartley Brewer, because she, she wasn't listening to a word I was saying. I said, look, Julia... I'm not being funny, but you platform people that are they're very much linked to the far right. Mm. And she goes, oh, so you're calling everybody a Nazi now, are you? And I was like, you put that word in your own mouth. You know, I, yeah. Didn't, I, yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah, I think you need <laughs> to then, avoid the confrontation bit like, you know, in those, those kind of bits. I anyway, mean, that's, yeah. that's what we were saying before about, so, you know, stick to your points. So mm. the fallout from that was because she's got a massive audience among right wing groups like Turning Point and all that. So mm. they they retweeted the Talk TV Twitter and bloody hell, it was like relentless for about 24 hours. Mm. And people started ringing my place of work, finding out where I worked and all this. And I was like, bloody hell. So I, I did a little report on it just to send yeah. back to talk tv because they don't give a toss really but i thought i have to say something i have to make it known that i know what happened because it was emotionally quite distressing and uh, vicky knows because was was right. you end up yeah. becoming like um like a, a, a retweeted clown almost don't you <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they pick something up 
yeah. and with and clever and, editing. And what and and the thing that annoyed me most about it is they didn't even bother to listen to what I had to say. They they'd screenshot it where I looked like mm. <laughs> you know half my mm. sentence, <laughs> uh, and they go, "Look at the state of this fella." <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and that was yeah. it. That was all, that was the only thing they had to say. So. I mean, I didn't expect them to analyze it in any great depth and go, oh, maybe uh, maybe this would change my mind. No, that wasn't going to happen. But I didn't really expect them to be such school bullies about the whole thing. And to be fair, like I did know what I was getting into. I, was, I didn't do it naively. I did know the kind of mm. people that... And, and part of the reason I did it was because of that, because that's why I like writing the articles for Talk TV, because there are people that think Talk TV is their domain. Like, right, yeah. Like, like Helen Joyce and Mayor Forstate, I really do. They think GB News, Talk TV are their domain. So if I can write something that directly counters something they've said, that's more powerful than having an article, you know, in some little democracy now or something. You know what I mean? I mean, that's not little. I'm not playing it down. I'm just saying if you, put, if you write for a little left-wing thing, like a blog, some people might read it. And it might it might please the people the regular uh, readers, but it won't cross that bridge, and it won't have the yeah. effect that I want it to have. Which is, I'm a, maybe I'm a bit of a troll. <laughs> no, I think you know. I think with the people that are um, anti-trans, um, they have a lot of money. Mm, well, they yeah. have. They can buy their way on. They not they. It's also they know a lot of people with a lot of money, and the people with a lot of money are running all these things. Yeah, that's true. So you know, well, um, they're all linked. So it's really difficult when you're somebody who's because the trans community, on the whole, quite poor. Yeah, and yeah. we don't have the doors well, that aren't open for us. And another factor is. A lot of trans people don't really want to be involved in politics, and why should they? They just want to get on with their lives, play, play yeah. a, few com- a few computer games. Watch well, if you think about what happens to the average trans person who gets involved with these things, they just get, you know, you just look on Twitter and see what happens to them afterwards. But I was so really... not many people want to do that. I mean, it's mm. very distressful. You see, I wasn't really inspired to do it by other trans people. I looked at the way. Um, people treated people around Jeremy Corbyn for speaking out and the way they were cut down. And I thought if, if they can, if I can, if I can, if they come at me, it means I'm doing something right. Do you know what I mean? If they come at me and try and defame me, it means I've got some, there's something going on that I can work with. If you're yeah. ignored, then there's nothing. <laughs> this kind of plays into that, you know, that conversation we have about protest and, you know, each to their own when it comes to the kind mm. of protest that you do. Mm. You know, because you have to you have to think about the consequences of what you're doing as well. Um, yeah. You know, the, I think the same thing applies if you're going on the shows like that, and because you're going to get a lot of backlash on Twitter. Mm. You know, so you've got to be really aware of what you're walking into. Um, I mean, what I mean, my, do you get my involved in any kind of protesting or? That? I've done protesting yeah. at the trans things, and I've right. been to down to London, and you know, marched and things just yeah. a few times. Yeah, I did one earlier this year. Um, outside Parliament right. and uh, one last year as well and I went to the Trans Pride as well in London last mm-hmm. year but I didn't go this year because I wasn't in the country and uh, yeah I do um, I mean they are great because you do get to be around a lot of other trans yeah. people and you, you feel freer to speak your mind in those situations yeah, so the, trans, the Trans Prides are really good because you do get yeah. to do the, you get to do the protest march and you know, Go out few... dancing, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Which well, did. that's it. I mean, yeah. like the best kind of protests are the ones that are, you have a bit of jolly enjoyity. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, speaking of Trans Pride London, I mean, like what happened with uh, my friend Sarah Jane Baker was a bit extreme, but uh, I've, I have written about that on my blog. What happened, and I still, th- I, st- I, I think she was treated really unfairly, but. You know, so but... my my viewpoint on that, and I did say afterwards, I think it was misunderstood. I mm. said that you, you, you have to be careful what you say, not because I think it's correct that you have to be careful what you say, mm. yeah. but um, the people that put you in prison aren't trans, are they? No. People that put you in prison are cis. So the people that that allowed you to come out of prison and then decided you need to go back in are cis. And if they don't like it, you're, you know, it's really unfair that that's the system. 
and it's really unfair what's happened to her. Yeah. Um, well, it's a complicated, uh, it's a complicated it's, yeah. set of circumstances. For yeah. Not, it wouldn't have happened to you or me, I don't think. No, of course, because but, I'm, yeah. But the thing with it is, like, when when Sarah made that little speech, the crowd cheered, you know, because in a way, metaphorically, what she's saying is what is kind of in, in the inner frustration that lots of trans people are feeling. And it's not, it, it, it doesn't, I don't think she means it literally, what she said. But because of her history, because of why she was out on license from prison, she's got a, you know, let's not get into the history of uh, crimes. Mm. But yes, of course, it, it was a very mitigating circumstance. So, like, I wouldn't let it put anyone off protest because because the idea now is the government want people to not protest. They don't, yeah, want of course. People. So, so they'll use somebody like Sarah as an example, but her example is not an everyday example now. Saying that, I've seen Just Stop Oil protesters being dragged off the street by members mm. of the public, mm. and that is that's because the government is demonising them. It's because if it, there was a there was an incident, I saw a video of a protester being kicked. Yeah. Now, now, what, whatever you think about Just Stop Oil, or whether you think that what they're doing is good or bad, nobody should be getting kicked in the street. But the reason that it's happening is because. There are politicians, there are people in Parliament praising the behaviour of people dragging protesters off the street rather than the other way around. Protesters should be respected mm. because that's how historically things have changed. It's more demonisation of the protester. So yeah, what happened so with Sarah that, is making yeah. an example. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my point that I made on Twitter, I think, that, um, you know, in, in terms of her, that... that unfortunately cis people have got the power over her mm. well because yeah. of the situation she was i've seen her speaking before i know her story so yeah and um the power that um they have over her they have exercised and it's a real shame because it it's a metaphorical thing to say that like yeah. when someone yeah, says I think the, the police of the scene or something the police of the scene i think had a word of it and then mm. it, it wasn't, you know, they kind of yeah. let it go. Well, Suella Breverman. It was Suella Breverman that yeah. kind of insisted that something more yeah. be done. There's something you know, going so. on there. But it's like when people say smash the patriarchy, they don't mean punch men. Well, they might, I, don't, I won't blame them if they did. But <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a metaphorical thing. It's like, because uh, I, I think it's like a, any kind of protest. Like, I mean, Billy Bragg once famously sang, I used to want to plant bombs at the last night of the proms. You know, mm. it's a, it's a protest. That's what protest mm. is about. It doesn't it doesn't mean he literally wants to blow the pod. Yeah, I mean, the, the, she could have used better words, but you know, it, it is. Oh, what it I is. used to want to plant bombs at the last night of the proms. Yeah, <laughs> you like I Billy mean, Bragg, she, uh... you? you like Billy Bragg? I've noticed you post a lot of Billy Bragg's tweets. I do, yeah, because I thought. I mean, I'm like fifty one, so um, Billy Bragg was part of. People my age is youth. If you were left wing, yeah, red wedge, red and wedge. you know dealing with the minors and all the rest yeah. of it. So yeah, it was really. It's always been on the on the the right side of history. Let's say yeah, and, he's, and, he's, yeah. and I always I've always felt with Billy, it's very genuine. It's not like this. It's no posturing. He just definitely believes in it. It's like a, I, re, I actually like Billy's more country stuff as well. There's a really mm. you know the stuff he did with Natalie Merchant. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's like, yeah, anyway, he's, um, kind of a bit of a tangent there. Yeah, about no, Billy Bragg, he, but... he's uh, somebody that um, you can trust, I think. And yeah. for um, celebrities or musicians, they are few and far between. Yeah, and this it's... is where you get all the little uh, turflings, I call them. The, the mm. turfs with less than 3,000 followers mm. who, who all call themselves Billy Bragg asaurus or something like that yeah and 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 and, and it's because they're frightened of somebody like that because it's like what they do to owen jones like mm. uh julie bindle has been trying for about five years to destroy owen jones and every time she tries she makes herself look a little bit worse yeah and um she was she was mouthing off actually uh, this week about her book being taken out of a library there was a lot i think there was, i don't know if the story is true but a librarian decided i'm not going to keep this book out if people want it they can request it it's still going to be in the library it's just not going to be on the shelf so they're but, saying it's like some kind of nazi book burning they're taking our because books up <laughs> nobody 
nobody borrowed it they go down the list <laughs> yeah, of books yeah, that yeah, are going yeah, in and out yeah, the library and exactly. then decide yeah. we, we need the shelf space for the yeah the it's, in, it's in the box or, in the back room yeah you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you can ask for it yeah there's loads of books i mean i could i could probably go in a library now and find a book by you know from about nazism if i wanted you know if it, mm. <laughs> but um that's a bit of an extreme example i know but um, the point is the books don't they, they forever exist like and even when nazis were burning books it was a metaphorical burning of certain things uh well not always because yet they did literally burn a lot of the work a lot of sexologists did in the 20s mm-hmm. that was you know uh, what led to a lot of discoveries about uh trans uh transgender yeah, Ma- identity magnus hirschfeld yeah, there's a fantastic yeah. thing. I just uh, I was watching Heartstopper, and after that finished, this thing came on uh, about uh, what's so bloody. I've got such a bad memory. <laughs> um, I sent you the link, didn't I, Vicky? What was it? I was sat. I'm going to just have a look on my WhatsApp. Sorry. Not sure. Uh, yeah, so it was a documentary about uh, the 20s in Nazi Germany and about the gay scene. That's on Netflix. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of. Um, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Transvest, what you would call trans. It wasn't really codified the same way as it is now as being transgender. So a lot of cross-dressers, a lot of transvestites, a lot of people that wouldn't, would you probably see as non-binary, just got all lumped into the same kind of yeah category. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just getting it up now. Me, it's called. So Aldera- what did you think Aldera- of Heartstopper? What do you think like of Heartstopper? You didn't like no. it. No, it's just some kids on the mobile phones. It's like, have you, have you seen it, Kate? Heartstopper. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I thought it was really. I, I thought it was really nice. It's like it's like Grange Hill for queer kids. It's really it's kind, it's kind <laughs> of fun. It? It's sweet. It's really romantic. Yeah. It's fun. You know. I don't actually watch a lot of queer kind of. Uh, it's on, it's on Netflix. Television. I really I really enjoyed it. Two, <laughs> I watched, two no, it series. Good. I am I am being flippant. It is. I know it is are. a good drama. <laughs> but the the thing is with it. It's not for me because like I I I'm, I like things that are quite dark and weird. Yeah, it's definitely not dark. It's all fluffy and lovey. It's, yeah, yeah. So it's really nice. I'm a bit more David. You just, Lynch, if you just I need think. to chill out and you want to watch something nice mm. and fun, you know, and heartwarming, watch Heartstopper. Whenever there's something, yeah. out, if 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 anybody's ever telling me about something, a film or a TV series, the first thing I ask is, how does it end? Well, that because, you, yeah, that ruins the whole thing, then, doesn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, that's not no, the way no, no, to, no, but, to look at it. No, because it's just how my brain works. I usually watch the last episode of something first, so mm. I don't waste my time. Um, okay, let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Barbie. Have you seen Barbie? Okay, I've not seen Barbie. Oh, no, no, I went to see Oppenheimer. Well, we, we got to go and watch Barbie. We went to see it last Friday, didn't we? We were going to do the double bill. We were going to see. We were going to do the Barbieheimer, but what mm. what we didn't bank on is that Oppenheimer sold out because it was always showing twice, whereas Barbie was showing every it's hour. Like every hour mm. it was on. It's one of the theaters. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the hot take really about Barbie is it's like this mirror world. So what we accept as a misogynistic culture. Like we do live in a patriarchal society, it's completely flipped. So in Barbie mm-hmm. world, all the women are president, and you know all all the members of Congress are women, and it's like that's that's the story. But the thing that really interested me was the Ken story because it, it reminded me a bit of you know we live in this TikTok culture now where you'll see a lot of trad wife stuff. You know yes. that have you have you heard yeah, of just, I've seen it. Have, yeah. you heard, have, you, have you heard of just pearly things? Oh, unfortunately, yeah. yes. And, and it reminded me of that and, and the Andrew Tate thing. Yes. So you've got these two kind of regressive ideas being pushed by the far, well, not far right. I think it's more of a center right because it, that that's, they're, they're trying to combat what they consider the Dylan Mulvaney culture. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a real, there's a lot of themes going on in the movie, to be honest. So really Barbie is Dylan Mulvaney to, in my imagination and, and, and Ken was, you know, these kind of neg- negative stereotypes of men. And it was that convergence of mm. like what, what we politicize. So it, it, on, when, on one level, Barbie and any kind of person like Dylan Mulvaney, it's just clowning, it's just a toy. But everything is inherently political as soon as it hits the screen because mm. somebody is controlling that feed. It might, you might think it's you because <laughs> you might algorithmically choose and then it might, it might uh, suggest things, but there's something else going on behind the scenes. Like there's some hidden algorithm because you'll, I've noticed when I've been on TikTok, 
uh, I've been on Instagram and and I'm scrolling things. Think, what the hell is that? I'm like, why am I looking at that? And you end up getting hang- angry because you're seeing things you don't want to see. <laughs> but that's part of the thing now, isn't it? It's like, that's what gets them. It's like, it's a very polarized thing. It's like, you, it's either stuff you get angry at or stuff you love. And so just going back lot. to Barbie, because that because you, you're going down a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to land the point then. Oh, go go on then, land the point. Go on. Oh, you've lost it now. Okay. Oh. So there, there was a lot. There was a real kind of theme of invasion on that in that movie, where you got like mm. the people in Barbie world kind of invade the real world, mm. and then you've got the corporate Mattel people go back yeah. go and invade Barbie land. You know, you got all these kind of conflicts going on in the movie between various different. Oh. I just I just want yeah. to show you while we're talking about Barbie. I actually bought Space Barbie, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's it's based on a real astronaut called Samantha Christopher Christopher and I've not unboxed her yet. But can you see it? Is yeah. It, is it... So when did that person is that go a, space? Is, it, is that a Barbie or is it a? Fake it's an Barbie? actual Barbie. It's yeah, Barbie. It's, by, it's by Barbie. It's by Mattel, and um, this cost me some ridiculous amount of money. So. <laughs> Which flight was Samantha on? It's the it's the European Space Agency, and okay. she, she. I'm just looking now. So she went up to the. She's been to the, the... Uh, International Space Station. Yes, that's it. The ISS. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm going to unbox this now live. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so while Frida's doing that, can we're you tell us about Oppenheimer? Okay. Yeah, um, that's the next well, one we're going to go and see. Yeah, end? well, I don't want to really. I don't. I don't want to. Oh, spoil yeah, yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> we know what happens. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who wins. Some guy invents um, a bomb. Um, that's all I know. It's yeah. It's kind of um, so you'll see when you go. Actually, that um, it's we're going color tomorrow. In, come color in one part, part, and black and white in another. Oh, right. And each part of the film at the beginning is labeled only once for you to get it what as fusion or fission right. okay yeah. so you're following the viewpoint of um robert oppenheimer himself um and then also you're following the black and white bits for the robert downey, downey jr part the right. um i don't remember the name of his character to be honest with you so, so it's not so, like black and white is the, the far past and like the color is the nearer future kind of thing no, it doesn't work like that. No, you think yeah. that at first. You think, oh, look, this is the way they're going about telling us the future and the past. But it's not like that at all. It's a way to differentiate between the two characters. Right. And, that's that's um, really interesting way of doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really interested in that that time period anyway, because actually I'm a, I love those kind of documentaries about things to do with the, I shouldn't say this, should I? But the Second World War and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, well, I, I, I I love anything about the space race, you know, yeah. the, uh, you know, uh, what was he called? The, the German rocket man um, who, who, who built the moon rocket. Uh, uh, Werner Braun. Braun. That's, that's Most it. famous now for hairdryers. Yeah. So have you seen um, the Apple TV thing for all mankind? Yes. No. Yes, you have. Yeah, because that's like a, an amazing alternate history of. Mm. of it's of really, space it's race. really interesting how they do that alternate history, isn't it? Yeah, you've got because... all these, you've got all these like what gadgets that we have today, back in the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also everybody that's portrayed is is like a person to a certain point that actually existed and was yeah. part of it all. Yeah, it was really so if you're yeah. if you're really into it, it's you get an idea of what would have happened yeah, had the Russians landed first. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that yes. would be amazing. Would have been yes. uh, well, it wouldn't have been amazing. I'm just saying that the story's amazing. Yeah, you need so, to watch that, Frida. There is yeah, you do, yeah. What so is that on Apple? Apple so many, TV, yeah. Right, I'm Apple. sure I've got I'm sure yeah. I've still got an Apple subscription. I subscribe to Apple because of John Stewart. Right, okay. Well, you need, there's some actually good shows on, I mean, no offence to John Stewart. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Space Barbie. You have to hang it from the ceiling <laughs> so it's weightless. Yeah. Yeah. Can she speak? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just checking. She's, what's she telling you? She's saying, <laughs> she's saying, all this time there's only been six female astronauts and one of them was Russian <laughs> and she got there before us. That's true. The first astronaut was a Russian female astronaut. I mean, do you count? I, I, I do you count if you don't quite make it? If you get on the rocket, but you blow up I, in the sky, yeah, yeah. I if think you, it's you, still counts, they count. Yeah, of course. But I wonder there was two, two on there, wasn't there? I, Teachers. Yeah. This is a good thing. I know we're still talking about films and stuff, but you know Elon Musk. You've heard of him? 
unfortunately, he's building this massive rocket, and his plan is to send people to Mars, isn't it? Well, I, I think he should be the first to go. Yeah, <laughs> I think well, he should be gonna... on that rocket. Himself. Imagine when he's coming imagine... back, we should just turn all the lights off, pretend mm. we're not home. Yeah, yeah. imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just said, imagine Can't find being his way back. the first passengers, because because everyone he's launched so far has either landed and blown up, blown up on the launch pad, um, had some catastrophe. So I'd be so like, how much money would you? Because it's always these super billionaires that want to ride on a rocket, isn't it? So imagine if like the 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 seven richest people in the world went on a rocket with Elon. They did have to sign something. They said, "What we're going to do with our money if we die?" <laughs> I was thinking, wow, well, bloody hell, that's a lot of money. You could probably rescue some countries' economies with that. Did you That's talking to things like that? Did you see that? Don't look up on Netflix. I did. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the no, ending of that, that. kind of reminds me of probably what Musk and Bezos are actually oh, trying yeah. to do. Yes. I yeah. think that's their actual plan. Is that the documentary around? It's not a documentary. SpaceX. It's a comedy with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, about... I think something else. It's about how television and the media yeah. um, distract you. Distract you from what's going on around you and are so dumbed down mm. that you don't believe your own eyes because it's, Fox are telling yeah. you something different. Yeah, it's kind of, it reminded me uh, when I was watching that, it, it reminded me of Douglas Adams, the way it was written. I don't know if you've, you've ever saw the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've read all the Douglas Adams but there's, books there's, when there's, I was there's a, kid. a bit. There's a bit in the Hitchhiker's Guide where they the human race isn't evolved from apes as we thought we're in we're, we've developed from a race um of, of like telephone san, sanitizers or something and like, there was <laughs> it was hairdressers yeah. and middle managers <laughs> yes that was yeah. it yeah and so the ship's it's a, captain yeah 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 it's really it's really great i mean i was really disappointed with the hitchhiker's movie because i didn't think it had the charm of the series or the book and I just thought they were missing something. I don't know if you've seen it, Vicky. Um, Probably not. I don't know. But it's but <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is so. See, I, I mean, this is probably really tangential, but it. But a lot of trans issues remind me of because there's a bit where they they go to so um, a supercomputer to try and find out the meaning of life, the universe and everything. And this reminds me of the question of what is a woman? Because what the compute they build this computer that runs for millions and millions of years. And then at the end of the day, when they, when they send, when people in the future want the answer, the answer is 42, meaning that there is no answer. And you mm. didn't know what the, you didn't know what the question meant. So maybe and when then, we're asked that question, what is a woman? We should start right, saying 42. 42, yeah. 42, yeah. 42. But, because the, because there is no ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. And the point is that being human is the answer, right? This is this is another thing. Like people that use the phrase "adult human female" seem to forget the word "human" quite often. Interesting. That's why they <laughs> this podcast it. we've done so far. I think you know because the word "human" in the dictionary definition is at the end of that that statement. Mm. They've moved it to the middle, and they've moved the female to the end. Yeah. To give it more importance rather than mm. yeah. the human well, part of, is more important. Whenever I see that question, I always say, well, what what is a, you know, what what is a female? You know, it's it's like, well, it's, it's see, a the, question the, the, that no, people the, ask. That's what problem, it is. The problem with the question is that woman isn't one thing. And woman mm. doesn't necessarily relate to biology mm. or, or psychology or philosophy. It can relate to all those things. It's like saying, asking somebody, what is art? Now, somebody might, oh, it's a painting. Oh, it's this thing. It's Michelangelo's David. It, it It's an idea. It's just whatever that, because that words like that don't have an intrinsic kind of, it's not like describing an object where you say, what is a piece of wood? It's, <laughs> although that could have a men, just as yeah, many different Yeah, but in the same, I mean, the thing that I always say to people that ask sort of those kind of questions, especially when they say, well, you're calling yourself that now, whatever is, well, what did you call an orange before it was called an orange kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Mm. It's like what well, things don't yeah. come into existence I mean, because a word th- comes into existence. 
I've been playing a little game on Twitter just recently where I see before when I used to argue with Terse and they used to say, what is a woman? I used to kind of avoid that question because I thought mm-hmm. I don't want to get into a vexatious kind of ping pong of. So now I just say trans women are women. Prove mm-hmm. me wrong. Prove me wrong. And, the, and they never can because there isn't a singular definition. And it's this quest for certainty and quest for absolutes which leads people down a path of authoritarianism because people that want certainty, um, like I would say Helen Joyce, those kind of, they, and they will, they will kind of use the opinions of men they think are in authority, like Richard Dawkins or Robert Winston, whatever his name is. And they'll say, and they'll just go on and think, oh yeah, um, a man and woman, you can't change sex. It's like, well, mm. now what? <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It still doesn't answer anything. Just because you've got a powerful man to say it doesn't. But this is what the turfs don't recognize. They they seeking the validation of of the patriarchy. It's an it's an old colonial idea. I mean, the sex question as well worries me because I believe you can change sex. Yeah, you can. Yeah, right. and uh, the, even the allies that say, well. It's not about sex. It's yeah, about yeah. gender. And I'm thinking yeah, yeah, what bollocks yeah. no, is I it? No, I used to it's, say that because it's about, I didn't want it's to, yeah. about sex. I change sex. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to all intents and purposes, there's and, nothing but, masculine about any part of my sex anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like I used to make these little quips and jokes because mm-hmm. that was my way around the yeah, Because I used to say I've got a very feminine penis. Mm. And and that would play into and I I have this poem that I do occasionally and it goes and and the main refrain is I'm a transgender lesbian sperm producing female mm. and and in in any sort of con- people say well those words just don't make sense together but they actually do describe something of my reality even though yes I'm of course not, not yes. necessarily a lesbian but mm-hmm. I, I picked that word because it doesn't belong to anybody. And, and and that was one of the reasons LGB Alliance wrote to my employer. And they actually wrote this letter which says I should not be identifying as a lesbian, even though I didn't actually, it was actually part of a poem. That was in the letter that they wrote. And I thought, this is insane. So you don't have lesbian written on your badge at work, do you? So exactly, you're, yeah. Yeah, you have yeah. your name. Yeah, I'll, uh, send, you, I'll send you yeah. the letter that they yeah. have got. It's yeah, just... You might have seen it actually, but because yeah. uh, I post it quite often. It bothered me at first years ago, but none of what they say to me bothers me at all now. No, it's Sammy Mew. I've just heard it all before. So I've heard it so many times. It's gone around the yeah. washing machine so many times. Yes, because yeah. so, when I when I first encountered it, because it was really shocking to me because yeah, I'd seen it in right wing. I mean, it's still point. shocking now, but we're just so used to it. No, yeah. but but I, it just kind of I, washes I, over I, us. I'd noticed right wing stuff like Tommy Robinson kind of fanboys and all that would always kind of, but I didn't expect it in, I didn't expect this gender critical thing to come along in the way it has. And I think part of it is propelled by the the permissiveness of being able to use that language because it was any other language. It's not, it does happen. I'm not saying people are not racist. I'm not saying people are not sexist, but there are certain things that people don't notice, like that we see as perfect, absolutely transphobic, then other perhaps cis people don't recognize. And it's that that's the thing. So like if somebody's, I've had this conversation where somebody's misgendering me and people say, well, but how would you identify? Are you, are you a man or a woman? It's like, well, <laughs> I'm telling you what I, if I, if it mm. says Frida and if it says she, her, that's mm. a pretty good indication. <laughs> yeah. The maximum clues are. I don't want to argue that, <laughs> but yeah, I tend, I tend not to. Uh, I tend not to put she, her in things now because I, I don't want that weapon because they can use that as a weapon. So sometimes somebody will just say to me, "You're not a woman out of nowhere," and I just say, well, "I never said I was. You made that fucking decision because of the way I look." You know what I mean? So I end up, but I do. I do go in for it a bit. That was part of the problem uh, for me because I just kind of lean into the chaos of it a bit too much when i've had a few drinks and i'd come home from a night out and put my computer on and just go ah fucking bastards <laughs> yeah see i just spent i just spend a couple of minutes making funny jokes on people's expense and then just leave yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, feeling smug about my funny joke i made about somebody <laughs> yeah. and that's it yeah yeah i don't like i don't let it take a lot of my time um yeah. Because it's just not worth a bunch of well, like. Okay, let, you know, let's let's talk about things. GRA reform. What do you think about that? 
that's <laughs> a bit of a jump. <laughs> yeah, I think that in terms of what Scotland was doing was fantastic. Yeah, um, totally agree. Perfect, in fact, yeah. and should have been allowed to go free. I think the Tories used it not as an issue for the upcoming election to stick a wedge in mm. and also to test a power against Scotland um, mm. that they've been itching to use for ages. Yeah, and that, that, that case is coming up soon, I believe. September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, September. I think Keir Starmer is as spineless as a jellyfish and <laughs> he won't, he's bowed down to I used Duffield. to defend him, I won't he's now. He's a professional yeah. fence sitter. Yeah. I used to yeah, really defend yeah. Keir Starmer and he's say, like, give him a chance, give him a chance. No, no. I, I left the Labour Party as soon as he became leader. I think, you know, Keir, Keir Starmer is the, is the guy who tries to keep his... His face in the is the, in the window as the window moves to the right. Kia's like mm. trying to keep his face mm. in there. No. Yeah, he's trying to um, remain. He's trying to be everything to everyone yeah. and being um, nothing try- to nobody. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to. St- he's too much of a fence sitter, isn't he? He is. That's the problem. Yeah, you know, I- if 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 and when they get in power, it sounds like they're not going to do GRA now. No, well, I people keep saying I'll vote for Keir. He's just trying to stay away from it, and when he gets in power, things will change. And I'm looking at it, thinking, well, that's just not true. That's not from, what they're saying. From yeah, from it's just not. It's not what he's going to do. He's not going to get into power and suddenly become Jeremy Corbyn. No, he's 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 a right wing person. He's in the wrong party. See what I hope um, for. What I'm hoping for is that Labour win but they can only do it with you know other parties which will mm. force them to do what we want them to do yeah maybe yeah, the, the coalition yeah the do some Dems, kind of coalition mm. that you know brings some of these issues that labor's trying to move away from they bring those back in and you know they, they can kind of make some deal around that which means mm. we you know we get what we want and we also get I, the I, d- I don't have one and uh, I've got all the paperwork to be able to apply for one. I have my two doctor's letters and all the rest of it, but yeah. I don't want one at the moment. I, yeah. I don't well, want um, one under this only, system. They say a very small percentage of trans people have done it, and I think mm. that's because it doesn't really affect too many things. I, I think that the reason we want to fight for that bit of rights is because it it, it kind of feels like, you know, the, the government is on our side. Like, they, they, we are protected in a way. From mm. The only time it really mattered to me is when my dad passed away and the, mm. there was a lot of legal stuff. And I oh, that just went on forever because I was still his son in that in that will. So that, that was really difficult. So I think if I... It, I mean, even a GRA might have not made a t- massive amount of difference, but that's what they were asking for constantly. Mm. Do, you, do you know the solicitors? Because it was quite complicated. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, I think I would like to see it a self. Because it, it, the, the reason self-ID matters is because it at the moment, the only, re- the only way to feel validated or like you have transitioned is to go through a medical process. And not everybody wants to go through that yes. medical yeah. process. Exactly. Yeah. You, you don't. You might choose to. That's part because because people get confused with this. Is trans a choice? It's like no, you don't opt in to be in trans, but you may choose to have breast surgery. You may choose to go on hormones. You may choose to go and have a vaginoplasty. But that is not what being trans is. Whereas if you were just to be able to self ID, that would take mm-hmm. that that pressure away. Because I don't want to have to go to a doctor just to rubber stamp my identity. Oh, I know. It's like, why should you have? Why should you have to go yeah. to somebody else to prove what your identity is? It's, it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. we have self ID anyway. Well, we do. Yeah, we do There's in a way. They don't. Yeah. They don't self ID to being trans or, anyway, don't we? Well, yeah. So you don't weigh your pancreas and see how much <laughs> it, it is. If oh, that's trans and yeah, that's this. It's um. You go in, you speak. Someone was flabbergasted when I said to this this to them online. They said, "Well, they should be struck off." I said, you go <laughs> yeah. to the doctor, you tell them you're trans, and you know, or the the person in the thing, they ask you a few questions, nod at you a few times, and then you walk out with another appointment to discuss which path you're going to take yeah. for where you want to go next. Mm. It's self ID. Yeah. 
Well, I mm. I always remember like because I I tried to come out and try when I was quite young. I was about sixteen, seventeen. My mum had to take me to a child psychiatrist because there wasn't really a gender clinic. There was one, and it was in London at King's Cross or something. And um, I had to see this psychiatrist, and I was quite frightened. And I was made to feel. I just remember feeling like if I say the wrong thing, he's going to put me in, put me in an asylum or something. <laughs> and that's how it felt because I was quite scared of everything. So I said, "So I don't want to do it." But I sort of socially transitioned when I was at college. What year was that? Oh, good, nineteen ninety-six or nineteen ninety-five or six. I can't remember. You know, so that's the same year that I actually went to CHX for the first time, and right. uh, yeah, came out then. When I went to see my doctor then, it took like about two years for him to get to get him to write a referral to the gender mm, clinic. Yeah. He sent me to six different psychiatrists and wow. I had six months of psychosexual counselling. I saw a psychiatrist, like a so psychologist. What, what, what was going on in those appointments that you had then? What were they asking you? They were just trying to convert me back to not being trans, I guess. So it was basically um, trying to put you through a conversion therapy. Yes, it was essentially NHS yeah. conversion therapy. Yeah, well, that's um, what they put, want to bring done back. by my doctor, which yeah. is essentially what they're trying to yeah. do yeah, after yeah. the CAS report. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It was a, and then and then I went to my first appointment at CHX, and they kind of like told me that I'd have to wear this, I'd have to wear that. I, after two years, they might put me on hormones if they believe me. Yeah, and I, I just. You. I just thought I can't well, do any more of this. So I went home um, and just, uh, yeah. Yes. So for some people, the way that they talk about it, they think if somebody can change their identity, like say just your marker of male or female, it rips a hole in the space time continuum. <laughs> what is up is now down. What is was black is now everything is, oh, it's not. It's just, it's just a delineation. My, my, my proposal, if I was, if I ever had any sort of, you know, power to change laws. I would say when a child is born, it doesn't have, it's not male or female. Let that mm. child decide what mm. it wants to do and just follow its behaviors. You can call it whatever name you want. Just don't be male or female because, and what, and, and to some people that, that, and, it, and even now it sounds quite like a radical idea, but actually it's not. It's just because we're so used to saying male or female. Because then they'll say, well, what did you say instead? I was like, well, just call somebody a name, you know, give them a yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know by the time you're three anyway. So it's not yeah, like it's going to be a long wait I, for people. I don't know about you. You know, I, I I just remember this really intrinsically very, very strong feeling because I've got an older sister that the way my sister's needs were met it wasn't what it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with clothes mm. necessarily that was part of it but it wasn't it was something about the way my mom talked to her it was something the way my dad talked to my sister the way that my sister's friends played with her mm. and and i just wanted that for for mm. whatever i don't i can't explain it i don't need, i don't really need to you know psychoanalyze it but that that's what i remember it wasn't like i wanted to be a woman because i didn't know what a woman was i didn't know it never entered my mind i just saw the way that my sister was and the way she socialized and the way she spoke and i thought oh that's how i'm gonna be so when i hit kind of puberty i thought i didn't want this <laughs> mm. you know what i mean it's like it's not what i want it's not what I, if I could choose i could choose it i would get what my sister's got and mm. that was it that was the only way i could sort of explain it really and uh, I remember saying to my mom, like, I wanted to be Kathy. I wanted to be Kathy, you know. But she was like, well, we've already got a Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be free to yeah, yeah, it's like when people say, you know, oh, when I was a child, I wanted to be Superman. Or oh, you yeah. just don't understand. You didn't want to be Superman. You wanted to pretend to be Superman, but you didn't intrinsically know from the moment well, yeah. you could basically think that you thought you were Superman. It's not the same <laughs> thing. Well, this is... This is why it goes back to this thing about, you know, the story about children identifying as cats. And that was it. It was actually oh, a story yeah. about school Gosh. bullying. But the reason yeah. that is happening is because they want to link the idea that there's like a million different genders and then children mm. are identifying as cats. So they will say, well, when children identify as male or female, it's that. It's it, We it, can it, dismiss it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, 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 and it also it's a dehumanization kind of tactic. Because I noticed in the, in the news 
the reporting of it. I'd seen the story before, and it had come out of America. There was a there yes, was it an did, Ameri- yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. And it came out of um, I don't know if you've ever seen John Oliver. You know, the he does this week. Tonight. Yeah, I do watch John Oliver. Yeah, and he did a really he did a really amazing um, show about uh, transgender politics, and he showed these school like these. I think they were like school. Commission. What I don't know sure what they call them in America, like school patrons or whatever. And it was there are children identifying as cops. Mm. <laughs> it's like it was like you just realize how ridiculous these people are. But that yeah, like American politics is kind of like it, what happens there tends to happen here at some point in the future. Should I read? So I'd seen that story. They had um they had cat litter in the classroom to use. Yeah like as a barrier in case there was a school shooting yeah I heard something about that, like yeah. that yeah, put that up was against the, doors no, no. yeah the original something the, like that yeah. the it, was, it was so kids could go to the toilet if they needed to in a situation oh okay no i, I don't i'm not sure if it was that I, I, there was this thing about fire buckets with sanding but that but it but that story got mixed up well, with something else yeah no, i think that's a different thing mm. anyway it's on but it, i mean it's, yeah it's just nonsense Mm. Yeah, so I mean, a cat's life's a pretty good life, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what? Though, I think, I think what they what they do in there when, especially in the story in the UK a couple of months ago, is they watch actually demonising the imagination of children. Like, if a child says, "I want to be a cat," they're using the refo- there is an imagination to express something animal and. Uh, Anthropomorphic, is it? You know, and um, and, and yeah, that's, always, that, that's always happened. What the hell is Beatrix Potter all about? You know what I mean? It's like children have those kind of imaginations where they imagine, of course, them. yeah, yeah. When they I see mean, you, only, cat... you only have to look at Japanese culture with kids, you know, it's yeah, just what yeah. goes on there. So it was no different, yeah. Mm. And like it, sometimes, I, I mean, it's like when I go out for Halloween and I wear a cat ears and a tail, do I think I'm a cat? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you want do you go through somebody's cat flap wander into their house? Well, I did to the bedroom I did, get, I did get on all fours and start rubbing my head on some bloke's legs. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I got kicked out. I wonder what you're doing in the theatre the other night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well, we've covered quite a lot there. I've waffled on quite a lot there. Wow. Um I was gonna say uh, so the uh, music that you're doing, you do. Can we talk about the album that? Yeah, you're so on? I'm working with um, uh, like a couple of other people, like like to, to admin, getting together some artists to put together an album to be released later in this year for trans people and allies to take part, hopefully for collaborations. And we are going to be releasing it for charity, but we're not saying which charity we're doing yet or anything else like that. Right. So, yeah. Um, but if people want to get involved, just hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. So if you're doing it for charity, you could do it for the Frida Wallace Foundation, which I'm uh, <laughs> cur- currently setting up. Famous plug. Yeah. I am setting up. A, oh, are a, you? A, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it will be my legacy. <laughs> I'm putting uh, Vicky in charge, obviously. God. But, um, news to me well what I, what I want to do is start a gender clinic where I just pull people liking off the street and mm. s- stab them with trans them yeah don't cut yeah. that bit out Vicky <laughs> somebody will so use don't, that don't cut that out or do cut that out yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to drag people off the street and trans them yeah and make a only cut. only only adults we only trans adults oh yeah yeah absolutely. and only in Bolton <laughs> <laughs> And that because I want to, I want to start my own little secret army of trans women, and you know they'll all go through the same process of plastic surgery. They'll all look the same, have the same tattoo as me. Yeah, kind of like, um, <laughs> like when Saddam Hussein had a clone. You mean? Yes. <laughs> Basically, you're just trying to clone no, people into I'm more freedoms. Any, Is that what I'm you're a, doing? I'm a, I'm a what you call joy dictator. Not, a, not a. So, mother. Kate, going forward, you'll be known as freedom number. Three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so you do, do you do you have a message for the for the trans and non-binary people out there who who may be suffering under this current nastiness that's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, be, I know it sounds like a cliche or anything else like that, but um, this moment will pass will. and things will improve. 
and mm. it might seem dark but you know mm. at the end of every tunnel there's a light so mm. just keep keeping on and we will get there yeah i think other people have said that i think the couple yeah. Couple I think it's, a, it's a common theme. Stick together. Mm. I think when you when Don't you're in tr- when you're entrenched in Twitter and whatever it is, Facebook, and it can feel like everything is like that, and everybody mm. is just vexation. Yeah, we, we need to you know we need to reach out and support each other, and you know make sure everybody's okay. And but I, I keep, I'm playing keep doing I'm, what we do. I'm playing a long game. You know, I like I'm going to keep my eye on how this debate unfolds, yeah. and you know, in, in say ten years time. Like I'd love to know what Helen Joyce is doing, and I'd love to like rock up at one of her late book signings to see what she's doing. And I'm going, oh, do you remember me? <laughs> still here, still I'm trans. Just for, I'm looking forward to the uh, reparations. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, there <laughs> will be. That will definitely be coming. Get those, get those checks ready. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, yeah. I had a dream like the other night. Right, I sounded like Martin Luther King then, but I had a dream. But um, uh, that that it was like a future, and my mum put the telly on. And there was like an Anne Widdicombe kind of figure going, oh, in, in 2022, they used to talk about trans people as if they were animals. Was like, and, and that'd be like, and, and the, the whole audience went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully everybody will have forgotten who J.K. Rowling is by then. Oh, who? God. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We call her the wizard lady. But... Uh, I think the thing with the thing with J.K. Rowling is I I I think that she she uh, even if she wanted to change her mind and like to look this has gone too far, she's just too so pro- she's too protected by the right wing mm. press now. Because did, did she's you see in way how, too deep for that? Did you see how they used to treat her before? Mm. She, because they used to show pictures of a house and go, "This is uh, J.K. Rowling's seven million pound yacht. Look at the state of this." And mm. they don't do that to her anymore. They don't. They never touch her like that. And uh, they protect her. It's like they absolutely love her. And I think she's got used to that kind of press, kind of uh, festooning her with accolades. It's like... I I was watching a documentary um, about the Russians, the KGB guy, Lebedev, is it? Lebedev. He's got a great name. Jenny Lebedev or something his name is. Boris Johnson. And he was throwing... Yeah, he was throwing parties for celebrities and uh, J.K. Rowling was at one of them. Mm, yeah, it makes sense. I wasn't surprised. No. The thing about all that is with because because it can kind of like dominate the discourse and it's really mm. bad that it does because it stops mm. people thinking. Because if we start hating JK Rowling and just leaning into that, I think it makes her a kind of a cartoon hate figure, like the end of level boss of something. And it's like, she she gets off on that, I'm pretty sure she does. Oh, I don't dislike her because she's anti-trans. I've always disliked her because... Oh, yeah, I've, I've, always, always, I've always known, yeah. I always hated Harry Potter. It yeah. was it, it was too that's much. It. it was everywhere. It drove me yeah, mad. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I oh, told still you, is. When I mm. heard... Uh, you've heard of Stuart Lee. Mm, Stuart, Lee, Stuart Lee did the best ever Guardian article. I think it was a Guardian article. It might have just been one of his blogs. But he, he, he really t- it really gets to the heart of that because it just it, it honestly you've got I'll have to send it to you. But yeah, I think I think we slagged enough people off in the, in the last <laughs> hour and a half. Is there anybody else? No, I can't think but of just check the list. Else. Hang on. Uh, no, I, think that, I think we put everything there. Yeah. So there, so there is one more thing we need to do. Which was one more thing. You're doing your song, are you? Well, you're doing it as well. Am I? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how it goes. Well, well this is neither do we, but that doesn't I stop us. Well, oh, okay. no, no, don't worry. Nobody's ever been able to do it right yet. Oh, have you seen, have you seen this, what I got? Oh, a flag. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> it's a bed sheet. <laughs> is it? Oh, well. Right. Um, so, Frida, if you'd like to just give us a demonstration as I'm how I'm going to make goes. a dress out of this for Pride. Uh, Manchester Pride. Anyway, um, yeah, so the song goes... One, uh, one two, quick. three. Don't forget to subscribe. Da, 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 da. So it's just one line. That's it. No, but that's the that's the notation. Da, 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 da. Don't and it's just to... don't forget to subscribe. Right, so I just count us in. Okay. Right? You don't worry if you fudge it. Are you ready? One, two, three. Don't, Don't forget, forget to, subscribe. to subscribe. Oh, I think we're at a right note at the end there. I think we're, see, we are musicians, Vicky, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hang on. 
which key is that? Let me just get my <laughs> yeah. pitch. Uh, that was a diminished Ding. minor. Diminished <laughs> minor. Yeah, it was terrible uh, as usual. Um, what can I say? Yeah, my fringe has gone all fluffy. What's going on? Right. I've had this well, fringe yeah. cutting and I keep looking at it because normally my fringe is about here, but she went mm. a bit mad and she went, oh. and said, I look like a, back. I look oh. one of the women's England team now. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Kate, thank, thanks for coming on and suffering us. Thank and, you very uh, much. It's been bye. it's been great having you on, bye. having our little chat. Space Barbie says bye. <laughs> space Barbie. <laughs> Goodbye, Space Barbie. <laughs> yeah, thank thanks for coming on. It was it was great. Um to all our listeners and those who were brave enough to watch, um, thanks for watching once more. Please come back and watch again. Um I don't know who the next guest is, but there'll be another one coming along too. So. And thank you for tolerating us. Yes. <laughs> I will sign us off there. Thank you so much. Um, any last words, Frida? I'm just saying bye to Space Barbie. Bye to Space Barbie. Bye. Any last words Space from you, Kate? Uh, no, uh, bye. <laughs> we survived. We'll send you the T-shirt. <laughs> I survived we Gender to... Nebulous podcast. <laughs> Vicky, we're really going to have to practice this sign-off thing where, you know, like children's TV, go, bye, do that. Can we do that? Bye. <laughs> it's like, you know, people see it's the end. They're so happy. It's just like, get them off quick, you know. This is as not... It, as, the, as the names go up, you should... Yeah. <laughs>